Okay, so I'm going to get started and uh, feel free if you do have your mic enabled to just turn it on and shout out or interrupt me and ask a question. Make sure everyone uh, is aware you can do that now. And uh, again, if you want to have your video up, you can turn your video camera on on whatever you're using for your device. So uh, I'm in my office office. <clears throat> Usually when I'm going to be doing the course, uh, which starts next week, um, it's going to be in the conference room, which has like a chalkboard, and we're going to have a little um, screen for the stuff that's going to be on the computer screen for people watching it online, so everyone can see that. And also because um, people want to watch this course uh, later, and they prefer to watch it in HD on a video camera, there's always a video camera filling just sort of the whole situation. So instead of watching the computer screen, you're going to just be watching me move around, and there's a chalkboard that I get to write on, and uh, again, hopefully a screen with what's on the computer. So it's going to look a little different, but that way I can explain things and draw my naughty pictures and make weird jokes and have some fun. So. Uh, any questions before I get into this? And again, you can use the chat thing or your microphone. Yes, we're all good. So it's going to be 10 weeks, and uh, the 10 weeks are based on a program that now is a, basically a 10-step program. But because some of the steps are fairly uh, basic or don't take up a lot of time to explain, for the first two weeks of the 10 weeks we're going to do this together, um, <clears throat> The first two weeks, we're going to do two steps per week. So like one hour is going to be step one, one hour is going to be step two. So I'm just going to walk you through basically what each of the steps is about. Uh, and it's going to be described in terms of weeks. So if it's confusing at all, that's just because there's weeks and steps, and they're kind of the same, but they're kind of different. Um, but just in case you get confused, that's the only reason why there's a difference. But uh, don't focus on that part. <laughs> So week one, we're going to start with what's called the do's and don'ts. And this is basically um, a common sense approach to getting started with respect to any kind of cleansing process, detox, weight loss, make muscles, and obviously, and more importantly, resolve any kind of chronic, chronic, chronic complex uh, health condition, which is usually what most people uh, would have to do, like this kind of a program to resolve a condition that's that complicated. So step one, in, in my opinion, is to start framing your relationship with the process of your health uh, in a way that kind of fits into the umbrella idea of what we might call a tradition or a family style or a cultural uh, kind of paradigm, because then it isn't so much about the pressure and the, <clears throat> the immediate kind of do's and don'ts. It's more of a mindset, which is, uh, I think, simply, if you were raised in an extended family and you spend a lot of time in the kitchen with your grandma um, especially if you have a culture that has kind of a long-standing tradition around healthy food, a lot of these ideas uh, would have been just a part of your normal upbringing, and they would have been just your intuition that, you know, you eat seasonally, you eat locally, you eat healthy, and uh, there's reasons why grandmas come up with some of the things that they have, and we're going to learn a little bit about that um, during that first hour of that first week next week, because the easiest way, I think, to really get a handle on it uh, besides realizing that, you know, we have to shift kind of how we see ourselves in the world, how we move and embrace change in a way that feels more powerful or empowering than feeling change is like a punishment. Because some people feel like, oh man, I got to lose 10 pounds or I got to cleanse my liver or crap, I've got arthritis and have to change my whole life. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that can happen. Uh, also, again, with the grandmother thing, we really want to get a sense that a lot of the stuff that modern health gurus like me are talking about 
we're just ripping off grandmother wisdom from around the world for the most part in the sense of some of the, the new hacks that we do. <clears throat> Excuse my throat, by the way, we had a little electrical almost fire and the smoke made me really phlegmy and <clears throat> irritated in my chest. Uh, one thing we're gonna get into right away is how much water you should drink and why, not only based on just physiology and exercise and, and things like that, but more importantly, um, just based on evolution and uh, something we're gonna learn about over and over again in the course, um, there's genetics, there's epigenetics, and then there's what are called epigenetic resets, which are tricky ways to actually make your immune system and your genes and, and your, your entire physiology, especially around stress, work better. Uh, and uh, that's actually one of my passions is <clears throat> basically convincing people that if you did something really simple and consistent that people have done for 10,000, 100,000, a million years, it's probably going to affect your genes and your epigenetics in a really interesting way, and it turns out that's true. So in that also, in that context, not just around water, but uh, obviously this is going to have a lot to do with how we eat, and that's going to get more and more specific each week that we go through this. Um, the easiest way, I think, to introduce healthy food to people is to walk people through the evolution of human eating, because clearly that's how we got here, and that was healthy enough to get us here. Uh, but it also gives us a really clear idea, I think, on what, you know, in terms of fat, protein, starches, vegetables, what actually really does make the most sense because everyone's got opinions and then there's uh, I think just some common sense that is actually kind of humorous to, to look at because it's obvious and it's simple and it's kind of funny that we can get really distracted about it. <clears throat> Obviously we're gonna have to talk about the don'ts, the really bad stuff, alcohol, sugar, caffeine, um, other kinds of things, uh, overly processed foods just to get started with. And again, every week the don'ts are going to get more precise as well as the do's are going to get more precise. So if you want to start now, which would be a good idea, uh, no alcohol, no caffeine, no sugar to start. Try and start reducing anything in your kitchen that's processed in a box that has labels that are too hard to read because the words are really long and meant to hide poisons and stuff. Um, or you could take all that food if we're going to be polite and encouraging and call it food. Take all that stuff to a, a soup kitchen or something and give it away because that's always nice thing to do. But you want to start with the don'ts if you can. And something that I learned a long time ago, <clears throat> excuse me, with respect to changing habits is uh, what someone shared with me called an intentional separation where uh, say you're going by the beer store or you're going uh, by your potato chip aisle in your grocery store the intentional separation thing is to actually have a very small conversation, probably inside your head, unless you want everyone else in the store to watch you do this, uh, and just say, see you later, beer, see you later, Doritos, or whatever your particular favorite way to munch on things is, and just pretend that it's going on a trip to Bali, or you're going probably more fun on a trip to Bali for a few months, and it's just going to go away, and kind of like certain relationships in life, when a friend that may or may not be really a good friend like Doritos and beer, um, when they go away to Bali for three months or you go away and then when you guys meet each other again in a while, maybe you realize that friendship wasn't really going to work out in the long run anyway. And then you can just decide that it's over in a nice way. Uh, or in a, you know, at the end of the cleanse, you can come back to make Doritos and beer if you want to. Uh, obviously, you can do whatever you want. I can't make anyone do anything. But uh, I just encourage people to look at that that way because it is it is about the relationship we have with that substance, that food, you know, maybe that addiction. And it's it's easier to say, I'll see you in 10 weeks than it is to say, I'll never talk to you again or I'll never consume you again. Uh, so again, just to give yourself that 
tongue-in-cheek kind of way of approaching shifting that habit. So we're going to cover all of that um, with some really nice um, uh, sort of slides that I can dive into that are going to have photographs and pictures and stuff. But because I'm trying to do all 10 in one of these things, it has to be kind of the skeletons. But each week I'm going to have a, a, a basically a presentation with lots of really good imagery. Uh, you can watch me, you can watch the imagery, you can watch me right on, on the board. Uh, but that way you can engage in whatever kind of media really helps you uh, align yourself with basically uh, what's being taught and why it's important and uh, how you can remember it the next day when you're lining up for your coffee going, oh, damn, I'm not supposed to have caffeine for 10 weeks. Uh, although I can share with you a, a way to maybe get away with a little bit of caffeine in a really healthy way. Uh, but we'll get into all of that next week. So that's week one, week number two. <clears throat> well, it's actually week one, but the next hour, so it's step two. So we're still on next week. So one of the things that I found in my life uh, as a patient with Crohn's and colitis, uh, also working with patients for the last 20 years, uh, primarily with autoimmune disease, is it's a really good idea to see this process you're going through, if you're doing it for a cleanse or to lose some weight or just for the heck of it, or again, if you're doing this because of a complicated illness, um, try and look at this whole process as a rite of passage, as a few weeks where um your courage your discernment your consistency your commitment <clears throat> all those fun words um are a part of your rite of passage and every time you decide to say no to something that you've committed to saying no to it creates a kind of memory of yourself that is confidence right i mean when confidence is always about against what you might see in the future i don't know if i call that confidence i think i'd call that a kind of apprehension <clears throat> excuse me whereas if your confidence is i remember myself as pretty badass i've you know managed to eat most of my meals without stabbing myself in the face with a fork so doing something right so uh, again when you're thinking of this as a rite of passage it's the commitment honestly to get to know yourself uh, and remember yourself as a person who's consistently committed to you and that's a great idea so we're going to talk about kind of the definitions of things like health, illness, and disease, and why they're kind of a trajectory, <clears throat> and why that understanding gives us a chance of how to walk that trajectory backwards from disease to generalized kind of meh illness stuff, all the way back to being healthy again, because that's usually what has to happen. We're going to dig into the actual chronic, uh, the causes of chronic disease, uh, so that you can kind of self-identify with, is that me? Is that my family? Is that something that is... Uh, my main focus, or is that something that's probably most everybody else but not me? And until you have those discernments, it's hard to focus on what, what's the most important. Uh, so we're going to get into that. And again, in week one, it's really important for you to be having that emotional, mental, perhaps even a spiritual relationship with this as a rite of passage so that it's you loving you, not you trying to beat the crap out of arthritis. <clears throat> again, excuse me, this <clears throat> smoke that came out of that outlet was really black. Lucky. Another thing that I would encourage anyone to get into is to assess your level of intention. Because if you're doing this as an educational opportunity, maybe you're going to surf around some of the ideas, <clears throat> get a bit of a cleanse, lose 10 pounds or, or whatever, but it's not really a big serious thing, then that's your level of intention. You know, if your level of, of intention is, I don't want to get Alzheimer's and my doctor says I might be getting Alzheimer's, obviously your intention is absolutely 100%. You're not. You know, <clears throat> excuse me, 
uh, kind of doing a drive-by check-in with what this is, you're, you're committed to, to you and that's all about your intention. And that's something I'm going to help you kind of generate as a practice day by day, uh, making little offerings or doing strange little sort of shamanic things that really help you realize that that's the yummiest thing ever is making an intention and sticking with it and, you know, just proving to yourself that you are a badass and you can take care of yourself and make a huge difference in your life. One of the ways that's going to make that more doable and honestly more fun and engaging is to find a support team. Now, part of that with this process might be the online Facebook uh, chat group. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's a private group, but at least we can share recipes, questions. You know, I'll check out that uh, usually daily. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, there's going to be a kind of an accountability opportunity with this platform because <clears throat> if we wanted to, we can all turn on our cameras and our microphones, change the screen around and actually have basically, you know, a meeting from 10 to 20 people where we can actually just sort of say, you know, basically it'd be like a healing circle through the computer screen, weird as it is. Honestly, I think that's awesome. <clears throat> excuse me, so that's week one. We want to get into those do's and don'ts and you really want to start getting your relationship with your intention and your journey uh, as deeply and, and personally as possible. <clears throat> I'm going to get a little drink of water, sorry. Okay, so the second week, uh, <clears throat> we're going to be getting into, I skipped one. We're going to look at step three, which is all about sleep, rest, and play. And I always make, like to bring up this distinction that sleep and rest are two very, very different things. And that's not always easy to really uh, pry apart in, in a minute. So I'm going to leave that for, for when I do that part of the talk. But there is that distinction. And you want to make sure you're getting enough both of some rest every day, at least 20 minutes, and obviously enough sleep. And we're going to learn the totally amazing almost cult-like religion we call sleep hygiene, which can take over your life a bit, but can resolve some really, really deep sleep issues. And we're going to learn, about, learn a bit about sleep physiology, because if people aren't getting into the deep enough stages of sleep, uh, that by itself can interfere with your health. So we want your health. So we want to make sure that you're definitely one of the best sleepers uh, out there and hopefully the best sleep you're going to be getting um, in your life, ideally. We're also going to talk a little bit about play because honestly, and this is a question we're going to get into uh, during the talk, but I like to ask people this uh, for the people who are listening right now, or if you're listening to this uh, as a recorded uh, webinar, when is the next time on your phone or your calendar app or whatever you use, use to organize your life, when is the next time you have planned something that you know is going to be so fun? Is it tomorrow? Is it on the weekend? Is it when you're done med school? <laughs> is it after you retire and finally get your, I don't know, 401k or whatever people do to deal with their retirement stuff? Or is it sooner? And that's a really important thing because if you can't predict the next time you're going to have a heck of a lot of fun, that's almost kind of like a wound on a psychological level because you look at your life and you look around and go, you know, what? Eh, it's just going to be grind, grind, grind. And even, you know, don't tell anybody, but I usually play like a YouTube playlist of songs I like to sing or play to. And I'll grab my guitar and dance around my house and sing when no one's there because I'm shy. But just you can picture that if you want. But uh, it's, it's essential. If you cannot predict fun, your body is going to feel like a punished animal. So fun, good idea. 
Um, cleansing can be fun, believe it or not. <laughs> just depends on how you think about it. Uh, week two, we're also going to get into step four, which is all about how your muscles actually work and how to get the most out of them. Um, we're going to look at the difference between circuit training, uh, high intensity uh, interval training, uh, common strength training, and we're going to pry out why cardio uh, may have actually been a bad idea as our first real fad, especially around fat loss. Uh, if you all remember the 80s and aerobics and people in tight costumes and really big socks and stuff. Um, for people who have, have chronic inflammatory conditions, chronic stress issues and stuff like that, cardio may not be the best choice. And we're going to dig into the why of all that because if you don't know why, it's just someone's opinion. And it's nice to know that why. So if you're sitting in a restaurant or you're at the gym with somebody and they're trying to coach you into something that may not agree with what you're learning, at least you can explain why. And everyone's got opinions. It's just how things work. So we're also going to get a little bit into how fat loss works. Uh, what weight gain is and why diets in this traditional sort of idea of burn 3,000 calories and live off 1,500 calories can actually make you clinically very, very sick, potentially clinically depressed, and end up with some severe endocrine problems. So if you're ever wondering why people, everyone you know who's tried that kind of diet and goes back to normal eating ends up as big or bigger than they were before, there is a why, and it's because the modern version of diets medically don't actually make very much sense. And again, I want to make sure you understand the why of that. So one, you never forget. And two, you can tell all, all of your friends who are struggling why. Because people love that. And don't you want to be one of those people? Not the irritating, righteous vegan who's always telling you that, you know, you're a planet-killing bastard, but one of those people who actually knows their stuff and can say, here's the why, and go look it up. And then you can be a helper. That's always fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. So week three is actually really, in a sense, week one of the actual real deep dive into your physiology and uh, into making some real, real big changes in how your body actually works. And the way this works the most efficiently, I found in, in a sort of a distance thing or a cleanse thing, is with the manual you're going to get for the course, you're going to have all these questionnaires gonna, you're going to start filling out in week three. Uh, you know, how's my adrenal metabolism doing? How's my serotonin? You know, how's my dopamine? How's my estrogen, testosterone, things like that. And when you can test into all those things with just basically a, a naturally associative questionnaire, if your results on that questionnaire tell you, oh my God, I'm in some serious trouble, then there's going to be indications below that questionnaire on dietary focus, supplements, uh, fitness things, the do's and don'ts. Because that way, at least you can self-assess and decide for yourself, do I want to take a bunch of supplements? Do I want to take all the supplements, which I think would be impossible, actually, um, or just the ones that are going to make the most sense for you and your specific condition and your response to those questionnaires? Um, if you haven't read the material around this uh, course or you've never taken it before, uh, everyone gets a private consultation with me, either online or in my office. So uh, if you're getting to some of the questionnaires and you're starting to scratch your head going, this is getting a bit complicated, I'm not sure what I should do. That's the time to get a hold of me. We can go through uh, you know, a bit of your medical history, your questionnaires and those results, and that will tell us very clearly what you need to do. And uh, that's one of my favorite things to do is help people make this as individual and uniquely specific to your condition, your health, your genetics, your ancestry, uh, your mood and all of that. So that's gonna be, uh, where things start to get a little bit more medical in the sense that I'll be asking you to kind of follow me into a couple of geek outs, 
uh, about how things work in your body because sometimes that understanding gives us a sense of maybe, uh, for example, why certain kind of lab tests don't actually help you from your regular doctor the way that more modern uh, kind of uh, advanced lab testing can, can get you in terms of information. You don't actually need to do the lab testing, but I think knowing uh, how certain systems actually work and how they break down can give you a very subjective personal appreciation of what's really going on for you and where your friends, your family, your spouse, your kids. So again, we're going to go through every hormone that's important, every neurotransmitter that's important. Uh, we're going to dig into how to use those self-tests and how to choose your supplementation protocols, just so that you don't feel like you know, you're, you're kind of spinning the wheels. And uh, I've seen many, many people just take uh, their endocrine system, their stress hormones, and shift those things around. And that alone can just shift your entire, your body's entire ability to heal. Because if you're chronically in a state of distress on a chemical level inside your body, that's basically like having all the life stress that most people who are wigging out are having. And it's just your hormones and neurotransmitters and inflammatory molecules that are messing with the back of your brain, telling you that you're actually stressing out when you could actually be lying on the beach in Maui or something. And as far as your brain's concerned, you're on fire. As far as you're concerned, you're on holidays. So that's why this is important. You really want to be really clear on those baseline things like hormones and neurotransmitters. So that's going to be week three bit of a geek out, uh, deep dive into this stuff, but without fixing stress physiology, neurotransmitter imbalances, uh, I don't think there's really anything else you could do if those things are the primary reason your, your health is out of balance. So lots of fun there. Uh, the next week is going to be <clears throat> week four. And what we're going to actually do is, you know, imagine that we're going to take a little camera or we could be on that magic bus that shrinks or whatever. And we're going to actually take a little tour of everything that happens from when you chew up your food all the way down to when you poop out your food so that you can have an appreciation of, you know, what your stomach and pancreas and gallbladder and, you know, your microbiome is doing and uh, how absorption actually works. It just, it's miraculously cool how the universe turned out to make physiology and, and especially digestion work. It's, it's, it's actually kind of crazy and incredible. Uh, so obviously we're going to take that little tour just to see how your body works. And then we're going to go through kind of each organ, stomach, pancreas, gallbladder, uh, your GI tract and stuff, and just look at the, the best do's and don'ts in the sense of uh, soluble or insoluble fiber, acid or alkaline, uh, more or less of certain kinds of fats. Uh, and almost everybody has some kind of ecology imbalance in their gut. If you've taken antibiotics in the past, I can almost guarantee that your microbiome or all the critters that actually live in your gut and make a heck of a lot of your body actually work. If they're out of whack, then your health is going to be out of whack. Um, I know that's a big technical term, out of whack, but it's just the easiest way to look at it. It's funny, you know, candida was a really big thing back in the 80s. Uh, yes, candida is a huge problem, but... Now that we're here in 2017, we're aware that there's over a thousand critters in your tummy. Candida is only about 47, eight of them. And um, uh, it's about the balance of all of them. You know, and just going in there and beating up candida might be a good start, uh, but that's not always gonna be the issue. But we do wanna start with making sure that's not a problem because it's so common for people who have in the past overeaten sugar and I don't know, bread and pasta or taken antibiotics or both. So we're gonna get into how to fix up your tummy, get rid of your most common gut bugs. 
And also keep in mind that um, when you're killing off any kind of bacterial yeast, you know, viral kind of load in your body, you're having little dying bug explosions happen, you know, in your body and they make things chemically very messy. So trying to kill off everything all at once could actually damage your liver and your brain and make you kind of freak out, which is why a lot of people on, I don't know, parasite candida cleanses get those healing reactions, which used to be so cool back in the 90s, but now we all recognize you're just doing what you're doing too fast and you're not supporting the rest of your system enough. So not to take away how cool but that turns out to be bad medicine. <laughs> so now that we got hopefully balanced hormones, really strengthening digestion, really clear ideas of the do's and don'ts around uh, what your food is gonna be, now we're gonna focus on restoring your immune system. And most people aren't aware of this, but 75% of your immune system's day-to-day -day job is to keep your poo inside the tube that we call your gut. As well as dealing with all of the hostile biochemistry of tearing apart your food and turning it into you. So that's a huge part of your immune system. And as Hippocrates said, you know, 2,400 years ago, all of these starts in the gut. Nothing could be more true in my opinion, especially as a person with Crohn's and colitis. Um, so we really want to figure that out. Now, when you get into what your immune system is doing around your gut and everywhere else, especially if you have complex chronic disease, um, you're going to need to learn kind of a little bit about how your immune system works. And being a, a speaker and a teacher and a bit of a lunatic myself, uh, I try and come up with fun metaphors to make things make sense. And my most recent one is called Zombie Movies and Human Immunity or Your Immune System. Uh, and it's kind of like a little bit of a movie kind of metaphor that I walk people through to try and identify with each of the systems inside your immune system and how dangerous it is if you don't uh, have normal immunity because otherwise your immune system is either dysfunctional because of uh, histamine imbalance or an inflammatory imbalance or your immune system has triggered actual autoimmunity and now it's going to be like a scary action movie inside your body. And if you don't basically take your body from action movie status back down to a little happy, pleasant village without any police, your immune system is using up most of your vitality, most of your bone marrow. In Chinese medicine, we call that jing, or kind of like the battery of your life. <clears throat> so burning all that off in a unnecessary inflammatory war inside of your body seems kind of like, I don't know, bad medicine. So we're going to get into that and figure out how to gradually downregulate your immune system from holy crap, martial law, beat up everybody to happy village with an ambulance and a fire truck and a cop with a little whistle on a string and no gun. This would be cool. Uh, next thing we're going to do, pardon me, air there, is to take our, our time and really go into what is leaky gut syndrome? What, what is What makes it happen? What are the consequences which are obviously terrible? <clears throat> and how does it actually get better? Because it takes quite a while to fix this, usually about four months if it's severe. I've seen four-day weekend warrior fix your gut ideals. I've seen 28-day leaky gut programs. And I'm going to get into why it takes four months, especially if it's a chronic condition. Uh, because we're going to do this deep dive into your gut and immunity, we're going to look at these two other things that are really, really, I don't know, they're kind of like what happens to people who have had these problems for months and months and months. And now it's starting to get to the point where uh, your body's sort of, I don't know how to put it, like in a stalemate, your immune system is stuck. Uh, you, your overgrowth of bacteria and yeast and, and uh, funguses and other parasites is probably way out of whack. 
And people can produce something we call SIBO, or small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which can take up to two years to fix if it's really, really complicated. And unfortunately, some people have to take pharmaceuticals at the beginning of that process. It's no fun. And if you're in that situation, you know, hang your head and find the humility to accept that it's gone that far. Because if it is there, it's there. You just have to start there and work your way out. Uh, and there's also things called pathogenic biofilms, which are even more complicated than SIBO. <clears throat> Excuse me. In fact, it's probably the most complicated uh, protocol that I ever have to deal with uh, in, in my patients is if it turns out that they actually have what's called a pathogenic biofilm, which is basically, uh, it's really hard to explain in, in a minute or two, but it's basically like having a parasite infection on multiple levels in multiple species, and they have built a submarine inside of your body and they know how to hide now. So just weird but true um so that's week five we're going to learn lots about your lymphatic system and how to use movement and play and, and exercise to also be a part of your self-care around lymphatic health because oh the colors didn't work out very well <laughs> um so instead of going uh from trying to solve all of that immune uh, GI tract stuff right on to the next thing, which is your liver. We're going to take a week and just give you the time it's going to take to really focus on the leaky gut part because uh, the do's and don'ts about that can really narrow your lifestyle and that takes some time to get used to and it takes some time to really have positive effect. So again, instead of running ahead with the next thing and the next questionnaire and the next probable supplement, we're going to take a week and really get to know who, in terms of myself and yourself, is the one cleansing. And that's sort of a hijack from a meditation question of part of the, the Chan or the Zen tradition, which is who is the one meditating? So who is the one who's going to join this cleanse? And uh, how can you get deeper into that relationship and that awareness? Because until you're truly you, you're trying to be you. And uh, I'll share a personal experience I had a couple of months ago that I've honestly shifted uh, I'm come on, I'm 50 years old now. I feel a little embarrassed to say this out loud. <clears throat> Not about being 50, but it was only two months ago that I had an experience that changed my perception of myself in the world from who I was trying to be to who I am. And that's an amazing story to share, but I can't tell right now. But I really want to encourage everyone to kind of move in that direction if I can, because it's a rite of passage. Why not make this about you becoming profoundly self-aware, self-loving, and more generous and at, at ease in the world? So on that week, we're gonna take our couple of hours <clears throat> and begin with a meditation practice, which is uh, from a shamanic tradition called the Three Gazes of Life. And it's a really, really powerful way to use uh, posture, gaze, and uh, state shift um, to literally, like a shaman, be able to control how it is you frame uh, yourself in the world on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's very, very empowering to have that experience of yourself, because, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I can say that I spent you know, a good part of my adult life in reaction to my life, and I think that's true for a lot of us. So this is a chance to kind of really refine that relationship. <clears throat> As we get more aware of ourselves, uh, I think it's an, uh, only an obvious and wise choice to become more effective at what we call emotional intelligence. And I'm gonna walk you through a really beautiful teaching from Chinese medicine on the distinction between uh, instinct and emotion, emotion and sentiment, and how to kind of align those things and always be moving towards the instinctual component of our uh, emotional space in, in life 
because those instincts are necessary. Emotions are like warnings about things moving maybe too fast or too badly in certain directions. And sentiments are basically just our mind obsessing over that feeling and trying to make up a story about why it's there. So we're going to dig into all that and have a, a kind of mnemonic in our head about how to uh, maintain a visceral instinctual relationship with a lot of the emotional stuff that can get us carried away or feeling a bit bonkers. I'm going to share a couple of uh, First Nations teachings. Um, uh, that's part of my background. And uh, I just love that traditional culture for its wisdom, not so much its costumes as a lot of people seem to, but <clears throat> um, there's just some really beautiful ways to, I think, find some humility and some patience in, in the world uh, from a very, very old, wise, patient culture. Uh, so we'll get into all that. And uh, that's usually one of the favorite talks because it's <laughs> and deeply personal and really encouraging and really touching because um, if you're not touched by life, you're missing the point. So the next week, week number seven, here we go. Ha ha ha. Crack your knuckles because it's time to go in there, figure out exactly what your liver uh, is doing <clears throat> in terms of its actual functional detoxification pathways. How the dysfunction of those pathways affect your vein, which is all the veins going into your liver from your gut and your, your uh, other organs and uh, your lower body. And that blood is super messy and, uh, and your liver has to clean it up all day every day. So obviously if your liver is a bit weak, your portal vein is going to get congested. And that's actually one of the most dangerous things in long-term health, especially around heart disease, cancer, uh, and a whole bunch of really weird things that can happen basically from your diaphragm down. And uh, there's some really cool wisdom from Chinese medicine about that too. We're going to learn one pathway of your liver, your three pathway, which is basically your bile and gallbladder function. So just to zip right through that, <laughs> we're going to learn about all that and how those pathways have to be in balance, almost like the conveyor belts in a factory. And if, um, if they're not, it's going to be piles of problems. Um, so yeah, need to get into our livers, obviously, to be healthy. And if you're wondering why on a cleanse you would wait that long to start treating your liver, it's because your liver is dealing with everything above it. And everything above it includes stress hormones, digestion, immune system dysfunction, leaky gut, <clears throat> and uh, obviously your ability to handle stress and how well you sleep. So uh, we wait to get into your liver because until your liver is actually getting everything it needs from the rest of your body, it would be just mean to try and fix your liver. <clears throat> Excuse me again. Um, I sometimes make the example of, you know, think of your liver and if it's really, really been, you know, you like to party or whatever, uh, if your liver is a bit wounded, think of it like a, a horse with a wounded leg. You can't make your horse do more work with a wounded leg. You're just going to kill your horse. So we have to fix up everything, give your horse a chance to heal, take the pressure off, and then your horse can, you know, get into more stuff. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the nature of addiction because most people who have concerns about long-term liver health usually are doing something to their liver based around uh, the use of, you know, alcohol or other chemicals to deal with life. And uh, it could be something like sugar. It could be something. Um, but there's a way of understanding how to relate to addiction that I think is pretty unique and very potent. <clears throat> um, uh, so again, we'll get into that. Uh, when it's time to take care of your hopefully happy, happy, happy liver. Uh, so now we get into um, 
your liver is a detoxification organ and everything below your liver in the sense of physiology would be like your kidneys and excretion organs. They're elimination organs. Your lymphatic system has some part of that job, but it's mostly kidneys and bladder and, you know, large intestines and sweat and breathing that are eliminating your tissue waste. <clears throat> so we need to take care of all that stuff. But at the same time, we also have to look at your circulatory system because that's where everything gets around. And that's where most people's illnesses, especially the scary ones like heart disease, really pile up. And I think you're going to be honestly blown away if you don't already understand how heart disease actually works. Uh, when we really just start to get into what it is that's going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're going to look into heart disease um, specifically. We're no, for some reason we've all decided is a real thing it's not um, we're going to kind of just look at the the easiest ways to support heart health and cardiovascular health in the sense of all your blood vessels our arteries and veins because they're an actual functioning muscular part of your heart and i know that's a hard thing to just accept as you know ta-da uh, but that's the understanding in Chinese medicine is your heart and all of your vessels to the end and all of your vessel, vessels that come all the way back through your liver and including back to your heart are your, your vascular, cardiovascular system. And uh, that's also going to uh, in, include a little bit uh, how, how healthy your cardiovascular health is around stamina exercise. We're going to get into what your lungs are doing and how to support them with some simple teas, some herbs. If you actually have a disease, asthma, COPD, other things that are affecting your lungs, obviously, that's where you're going to need to do the most focus. That's where your questionnaires are going to come up with the highest results. And that's where your guidance is going to be the most helpful for you. We're going to go a bit deeper into supporting lymphatic health, um, looking into actual treatments, strategies that you can uh, apply to yourself at home. We're going to look at what your kidneys do and how complicated they really are and uh, how to support them. And they're kind of like a strong, stubborn organ. You can't really make them do anything in a hurry. And they don't often tell you that they're having any kind of trouble until they're freaking out. Uh, we're going to look at toxicity, how it's tested, how it's treated, and how if you're already dealing with chronic complex illness, and I know this sounds insane, but why you might want to just leave the metals where they are until you're healthy enough to deal with the process of moving them around and moving them out of your body. Because I've seen countless people make themselves worse trying to get better through heavy metal detox before doing everything else they would need to do to make that a safe idea. We're going to look at um, a deeper relationship with your gallbladder because there are some ways to really rapidly improve gallbladder health. They just come with some risks, so we want to make sure that you are certain about those risks and uh, that process. And then we're going to look at the scary idea of actually doing a parasite cleanse. I'd say if there was a 100 people doing this course, there would be 10 people that would be probably in a place given statistics of doing this for the last 15 years. Um, 10 out of 100 people would probably be able to pull off a parasite cleanse the first time they did this kind of a program. Once you do this course, you've done it, you have the books, you can do it again on your own anytime you want. And it might be a good idea in the spring to do it again and do a parasite cleanse then when your body's actually more robustly able to handle the die off of really big, scary monsters. <clears throat> Unless you're actively being treated for a parasites. Uh, again, it's just safer and, and wiser, I think, to wait until uh, you're really like super fit and healthy before you start blowing up grenades inside your tummy, like killing parasites. Uh, lots of people disagree with that, but 
I've been doing this 20 years and I just really don't like watching people get messed up. Cells, we're going to look at how they activate. We're going to get into a little bit about how epigenetics and genetics work. Not too complicated. I think it's worth appreciating that uh, epigenetics basically rule genetics. Um, so I'm not sure what that's telling me, but uh, hopefully you guys can all hear me. Um, we're going to look at something called methylation, which is all the new rage on how to. Uh, do some genetic testing and figure out what are called SNPs, which I can explain later, uh, which are things that actually determine how effective certain genes and certain enzyme systems in your body work. And there's a few that are very commonly sluggish in people nowadays, especially what we call the methylation pathways. So you're going to learn a bit about that and, and you know, how tricky it is to work with that. But for a lot of people, when it comes to cleansing, the reason why their body is jammed up is because your methylation pathways are jammed up. So we're gonna make sure we understand that and what to do about it, and that'll be fun. <clears throat> we're gonna get more, uh, in a general sense, just what healthy cells need on a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year level. So if you're not worried about any serious, complicated stuff like genetics and methylation, how to you know do a little cellular detox and, and boost because they're like little batteries. There's 90 trillion of you running around waiting for you to take care of them. So we're gonna make that relationship really clear. connection between, honestly, believe it or not, quantum physics, uh, a complete accidental uh, discovery that we made with injecting radioactive things into people's hearts, believe it or not, and how that's actually proven the truth of empathy, intuition, and the importance of being profoundly engaged in your present pulse and state, especially your attitude. Um, and we're going to get you other resources to, to learn about that if you find that uh, inspiration because I think for a lot of people when you realize that the only thing that's really running your life is your attitude um, it kind of shifts your gears a bit eh? <laughs> the most important thing medically you can do is have a positive attitude Some quantum physics in that one which is always fun so <laughs> quantum physics meets Chinese medicine shamanism and you what the hell so here we are at week 10, we're almost done. Uh, you've now gone through every major system in your body, learned how it works, learned what goes wrong, learned what to do about it. And uh, you know, we're basically now you're a barefoot doctor. So on our last class, we're gonna play with some Qigong. We're gonna learn the distinction between uh, flexing, or sorry, the distinction between working towards flexibility that just has to do with you know, feats of flexibility and what's called functional flexibility, which is, a, which is actually a faster way for your nervous system and your muscles to change their habitual length. Uh, and that's a really interesting thing to learn about, I think, uh, when you realize trying to force a stretch is going to make it take longer. Tricking your body into believing that stretch is a part of a dance move or something makes it actually work faster. So holy cow. Uh, so that's the 10 weeks. Um, I'm basically done what I need to talk about. So I'm going to just hang out here if you guys have any questions, if you want to turn on your microphones and or cameras. I'm just going to sit here and answer questions if you got them. If you don't, uh, there's going to be a recording of this if you missed part of it. And I'll be sending that out to everybody that I've sent this out to. Uh, so you can watch it tomorrow or over the weekend. <clears throat> if you are interested or know somebody who could know about this course, um, 
if you are interested, please let me know and sign up within the next week because you know I need to make sure I have all the resources and the books printed up and uh, also mailed to you in uh, you know, uh, a timely fashion, I think is the word, so that you can get started right away. Uh, if you know someone who you think could really use 10 weeks of mentoring and guidance and uh, collective kind of community um, container to, to move through that uh, whatever challenge they're facing, please uh, share this uh, recording, which will come out tomorrow with them, so that they have a chance to kind of get to know me a bit, see what this program's about, and uh, move ahead with their health, because that's why I keep doing this, because it's honestly um, the most efficient way for people to get the most out of their money. For 350 bucks, you get a, you know, the equivalent of I know a $45 consultation with me, a $40 book, a $40 book, that's 125 bucks already, <clears throat> plus 20 hours of medical training uh, and a chance to interact uh, with someone with my experience. So um, not that I'm trying to sound all badass or whatever about me, but I've been doing this for a long time. I actually teach doctors, so I'm you know, usually up to date on what's going on. And um, uh, yeah, so... Hopefully, uh, if you do know somebody who could use that kind of support, uh, I'd be happy to you know, have them join up and do, do the program. We've done this program 32 times now, so uh, pretty sure it works, and it's been refined and rethought and refined, and it's changed actually again. This time I've changed two chapter headings and included a whole new section on cardiovascular disease. So, wow, it's going to keep growing. Lots of fun. So I'm going to shut up. And if you turn off, turn on your microphone, you can shoot the shit and ask questions and we can have some fun. So. Okay. Hi, I have a question. Um, it's just when, so when does this start? Uh, next week, 6.30 on Wednesday. So is it every Wednesday then? Yeah, every Wednesday for the next 10 weeks. Okay. And it's for two hours? Uh, usually, yep. Yeah. Okay, and what happens if um, you miss a week? Is there a way to make it up, or is it online? Or? So every webinar is presented live, just like this is, which is way better than I've tried to do it before, and I'm so happy to finally be able to do this effectively. I can't believe it. I cry or pee or dance or something. Um, <clears throat> so the webinars are recorded, so if you want, the next day you can watch the webinar with all the little uh, fun background stuff. Okay watching walk around with a you know, piece of paper in my hand. Um, there's going to be a HD recording of the entire presentation. So you're going to see me instead of see the computer screen uh, through an HD camera. And hopefully to the side of the camera, besides me running around doing what I'm doing on the chalkboard, there should be a screen that you can see that has the computer content on it. I don't know for 100% that's going to work, but I'm pretty confident we can make that work. So the next day or probably that, so Thursday evening, because it takes something like two hours per 30 minutes to upload video and I'm in the clinic all day Thursday, so I'm running back and forth between patients and computer files trying to get it all up. But usually by Thursday night, Friday morning, you can watch an HD presentation of the whole thing, um, just like you're watching, you know, if you were in the room. Okay, so so it's not a classroom setting, it's a webinar set, setting? Well, if you live in town, you can come to the class, sit in a chair and throw popcorn at me just to be funny. <laughs> But otherwise, but otherwise, we're free to just join the webinar every Wednesday at 6.30. Yeah, some people, because of scheduling, can't be for the live webinar, so they're going to watch the recorded webinar or the recorded HD. Okay. And do normally do people come to, to you, or do, you, do people just usually do the webinar? 
usually people come to the class until the weather gets cool this time of year, and then they watch it from home, and then I'm in the room by myself pretending I'm in front of a class, which is kind of a fun acting thing to do. Um, but, yeah, people just after, I mean, I've been doing this, again, 15 years, but the last two years is that we've had the live online thing. A lot of people just sit at home on their, in their underwear on their couch and watch it. And now that yeah. there's cameras, they're probably not going to be in their underwear. But, uh, but yeah, you're welcome to come to the class if you're local or to watch it at home or both. It's, it's totally up to you. Okay, thank you. So anybody else got a question, you can just toggle your mic and throw it at me. Make it hard. <laughs> so if you don't have any questions, um, I'm just going to wait for a minute. And uh, if no one toggles their mic and says anything, then I'm going to shut off this and then get the recording going. And hopefully you guys sign up and want to do this because it's going to be, um, <clears throat> again, you know, now that we can have basically a community meeting with everyone live on the course in the room or, or on this new platform, uh, it's going to be a, a much uh, more connected and, and virtual experience for sure. Uh, I mean, we're interacting in real time with video now, so that's a trip. Um, you know, without all the glitchy webinar stuff, hopefully. Uh, I'm going to have access and use this stuff called Prezi, which, again, is going to be much more glamorous with the actual built for the program. But that way, if you don't want to watch me, you can watch this scrolling image of um, basically the planets with much more graphics and, and fun stuff like that. But um, if you're a visual learner, you're going to have access to that. If you'd rather watch you know, me do my thing, you could, you'll have access to that too. So I'm really excited to do this again this way, just because it's gonna be such a more interactive and engaging and stimulating uh, experience for people, which usually makes the, the retention of the information a lot more effective because you know, if it's fun, if it's neat, if it, your, your mind connects to an image and a joke and a question, it's gonna stick in, in your memory a lot longer. So uh, that's, that's what's going on. And again, I'll be quiet for a minute and see if anybody else has a question. And if nobody jumps in, I'm going to shut her down. So me being quiet. <laughs> Don't be shy. Oh, 10, <laughs> 9, 8. Okay, so if no one's got questions, I'm going to figure out uh, and make sure that I have this exactly just right. And um, hopefully see you guys next week. If you're on this and you're a clinician, hi Amber, uh, and, or if you're doing any kind of work in that department and I don't know you, uh, please share this with your peeps through your social media and stuff like that. Uh, because if you have clump, clump, complex patients and you want to have, you want to make sure they have the best possible support. Um, obviously I'm going to be sending them to their acupuncturist every week or their massage therapist every week if they can, because while you're going through this, the more support, the better. So if you're wanting to make sure your patients have support guidance and are more committed to a, like a 10 week thing, that's what they're going to get. So, all right, time to shut her down. Hopefully see you guys next week. <laughs>